Hey guys, welcome back to the Drop In and Surf Show. My name is Rob Case. I am a paddling technique coach, and my co host, Jim Sigelnik, is a doctor of physical therapy. And this show is all about math and science and surfing. And today's episode is part two of our conversation with Clayton Nienaber, surf coach, surfboard shaper, former QS surfer, and just all around awesome guy. Uh, fantastic human being and in part one he dropped tons of knowledge and information if you haven't seen that stop this video go back and watch part one uh, and if you have watched it please enjoy part two today if you have any questions whatsoever we are only an email away Clayton what do you think um, well I guess number one do you think being racing out in the flats, missing the power source of the wave is one of the more common mistakes that you see. And if so, what's a common um, kind of aha moment that you see with surfers to kind of correct that? Like, is it going to the bodyboard? Is it watching footage? Is it verbal cues? What seems to be a common thing that you see to make that thing click for surfers? You mean the fix for it? Okay, the fix is so easy, uh, but I'm gonna tell you why people do it. So built into us is, and this is back from the caveman days, um, if you saw a big saber-toothed lion walk into your, I don't know, your surrounding, what are the three things that may happen? One, you might freeze. Second, you might run. Third, you're gonna grab a spear and hopefully go and kill it and have a good fur pelt for winter. So those three reactions, the, the flight, fight, and freeze reactions are still with us today. Uh, so most people stand up and just run, okay? Very few people stand up and actually fight the lip and hit the lip, bang. Some people freeze <gasps> and just go with falls. <laughs> so it's becoming comfortable and knowing what you can do. So the best thing that you can do is when you balance a wave, arch your back, glide in, and just breathe. Just take your first mm. breath, slow down, and then try to pick the best way down that wave, like a skateboarder dropping into a ramp. You never see skateboarders go halfway down a ramp and start trying to tic-tac. Mm -hmm. Okay, they go all the way down. So. Be a lazy surfer. Try to use the wave's energy rather than your energy. Mm. Okay, when you use the That's wave's cool. energy, you start to get a feeling for what the wave wants. So stop trying to enforce your will on the wave and work with the wave. So when you top turn, the wave throws. So there's energy coming down from that lip. There's gravity. So turn with it rather than trying to hit it and stop. So if you turn with it, you're going to double the amount of energy that you have so what's that martial arts for is it Croft McGraw or something like that where you use your opponent's energy to to beat them so it's kind of like this wave's got all this energy use that energy to surf yeah yeah I like that. I'll your question there I don't yeah. even know what the question was again I go yeah, on rants and I, I get lost like on tangents you gotta you gotta reel me in no you're you're in good company. We do that too. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, no, uh, Clayton, that was great. I think, um, I think what I really enjoy is Rob and I have talked a bit about this, um, verbal cues and simple things that are the catalyst for doing something complicated. I love your cue of right before you pop up, just breathe, slow it down. You know, I'll speak for myself. Um, I mean, oftentimes I feel like I'm in a rush and you know, I'm not, I end up on the shoulder all the time, you know, and then you go to turn and it bogs and you're like, well, you know, and then you can surf the same wave and then it just clicks. And I think the difference is, is, uh, just kind of like, yeah, like you said, if, if it's your headspace beforehand sometimes, but I like I, that. I've thing. had, I've surfed so many heats that I've lost. It's, it's, it's scary, but the amount of good waves I caught and absolutely blitzed when I did lose and the siren went that wave, as soon as the siren goes and the pressure's gone, I surf so good after that siren goes off. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Because I've stopped caring. It's like I've lost. I'm just going to just surf this wave to the beach. I don't care. Just boom, boom. And like my parents would be watching going, why don't you just do that in the heat? I'm like, what do you mean? Do what? I'm just angry and or just oh, stop caring. Mm. Um, it, it's so harsh surfing try too hard you don't get it yeah and it's uh socially harsh too with your you're always trying to hit the lip as hard as you can so your friends can be like oh dude that was epic right but you're actually doing the opposite you're making it worse and you're actually looking terrible and now your friends are gonna make fun of you for that (laughs) yeah yeah i love that part uh in your course where you do talk about um social fear uh, and psychological fear as separate. And we talk about the biosocial, uh, psychosocial model all the time. Um, and I love that you've incorporated that into your training. Um, I, yeah. I wanted to ask a question that actually related to gyms because I, I always found myself out in the flats. And what I found, and maybe, maybe the question is, do you see a difference between surfers that grew up on point breaks versus beach breaks in that ability to calm be relaxed, trust that the wave isn't going to close out because where, where yeah. Jim and I surf, it's basically you are 90% of the time rushing to the end when in reality we should really slow down to surf it much better in essence. So um, if you have a look at what's been happening on the WCT over the last 10 years, You've got surfers coming out of Brazil with fast twitch muscle memory because they're surfing small, short, quick, horrible waves. So they've got to do stuff really, really fast. But then whenever those surfers went and surfed, say, J-Bay, they looked terrible. Yeah. Mm. Be- yeah. Because the timing's off. It's, it's look, they look like they're, break, they're dancing, I don't know, uh, what's it called? Uh, like break dance to... Beethoven, it just like, they didn't gel, mm-hmm. okay. But it's so much easy, easier for someone with a fast twitch muscle to slow down mm. than it is for someone with uh, like slow muscle to try speed up. So what's actually happened is as the Brazilians have started traveling more yeah. and started to become more comfortable and started to tap into the power and slow down because the, they have so many good, um, like you got to 
Australia and go to Burley Heads, like there'll be Aki out there or you've got to snap her to point break and there's good waves. There's good role models to have a look at and how to slow down and, and the lines to draw. Yeah. So that's what they've done. They've come to sport with the FOSS twitch muscle memory and learned how to draw good clean lines. But then it's really hard for Hawaiian growing up in power to go to an event in Japan where it's Niha because you don't feel the power, you don't feel motivated and you just want to go back home. So it's easy for the Brazilians then to arrive as a storm of enthusiastic fast twitch muscle memory surfers who can do both. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you look at Philippe Toledo from when he first came on to now. There was there was a year, maybe two years ago or, or a year ago, where his rail surfing completely changed. It was, yeah. you know, he surfed better at Bells and at J-Bay. I mean, it was incredible. So can we say the fastest surfer in the world learned to slow down? Yeah, totally, 100%. Yeah. So, so where did surfers as a whole get, go so wrong? <laughs> Our ego. So faster. Push on your back foot. Get these new FCS fins. They're going to help you surf on rail more. So if you're on rail, you don't need fins. Yeah, that's like right. Bodyboarders yeah. don't need fins. Wakeboarders don't need fins. Snowboarders don't use fins. Yeah. There's a whole revolution now of finless surfers who are killing it. And they got way better style than the surfers with fins mm -hmm. because you have to have those knees point forward, the hands up, the good compression extension. Um, so yeah, all those guys surfing with fins all surfing a hell of a lot flatter. Yeah. Well, some of it's like marketing, I would think. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an average surfer at best and it's like, you know, I started surfing in the, you know, early mid 90s and um, volume wasn't even discussed. And then yeah. all of a sudden volume came on and whatever that was, um, 2003 or four or something like that. And it was like, next thing you know, all these average surfers in my local lineup are like, oh, I'm 27 and a half. Oh, I think I need to go up a liter, 28.5. And I, I think something that's really resonated with what you're saying is it's like, maybe if we're splitting hairs with a liter, a liter and a half, and you're still racing down the line, maybe some of the focus should shift to the way you're reading the wave and, and, and kind of using that rail, um, kind of going back to the pocket like you're describing. Okay, so let's look at bicycles. You have um, something that Lance Armstrong would ride with, with really tall wheel that's thin and narrow, and then something that, say, um, a mountain biker would ride, which has got like really wide, with knobblies on, and then some, someone who just rides to work would be uh, maybe a bit more of a smoother tire. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I don't know how much air is in the tire, but when Lance pins his bike on to the rail, it reacts so much faster. Mm -hmm. the, the little lady riding to work on her, her bicycle with the soft, smooth tires is gently leaning through the turns Mm -hmm. And then the guy who's riding the mountain bike, he just wants hold. Okay, so now if you compare that to surfboards, like what kind of rail does your board have? So the underneath, if you've got a very acute angle, your board's going to turn quicker. If you've got a very rolled angle, your board's going to be smooth but slow. Mm -hmm. So then it's when you lean over the rail, do you lean abruptly and hard? 
that you need a fuller rail so that you don't catch rail? Mm-hmm. Or do you hardly lean at all that you need a, a low rail that when you gently lean it actually does half the turn for you, it dips into the turn easier? Right. So as a shaper, you almost need footage. How's my guy bottom turning? So I know what rail thickness to give him. Yeah. Is does he need this? What kind of tuck under does he need on that rail? Mm. Um, so anyone who goes and buys a board off the rack, it's it's tough. It's almost like um, buying a wife online. Like you don't know what you're getting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's been your best metaphor yet. <laughs> I told you I'm a freak. I'm sorry. I love yeah, it. No. Well, some of those online wives look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they feel good under the arm until you get into the water and you want it to perform, and it's like no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's cool, Clayton. Um, so, do you do you make that recommendation for your board buyers? Like, if I order a board from you, will you say, "Hey, let me see, let me see footage of you surfing," and then you're able to kind of like go and tweak that and make something more specific to me? Yeah. So, it's uh, again, I give them analogies. Damn it, I got so many stupid analogies. No, you're good. All man. right. So, if I went to you and said, "Okay, paint me a picture of a flower." And I didn't tell you uh, what kind of flower. So I've got a picture of a flower in my head. And I bet you you do too right now. So mine was a <laughs> yellow rose. Okay. Now imagine if you go to me and go, hey, Clay, you're the shaper. Make me a 6'2". Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's your yellow rose. Yeah. And you go, oh, this board sucks. What were you expecting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a yellow rose. Well, why don't you tell me? Why don't you give me right feedback? Now, the problem is the surfer can't say what he feels. Right. Okay, because like the analogies that they're using, if you had told me when I'm riding fast and I try to lean, I'm catching rail. Easy, okay, well, let's fool the rail up a little bit. We'll solve that issue. Mm. Mm. Or maybe the tuck under is too harsh and he's just, it's bearing too fast and it's rolling over too quickly. I'm going, okay, let's soften that tuck under so that it, it's a bit more smooth and a bit more gentle. Mm. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. I don't get that feedback. It's like, mm. oh, this board sucks. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that reminds me of the story of how you became a surf coach. Was that that exact, that, that exact thing happened, didn't it? Where you gave a guy a board and he's like, this board sucks. Yeah. So you've got to know that when you're hand shaping, it's taken you years to make a good board. And it's, it's uh, trial and error, tar- trial and error. So you try to remember the good stuff and put that into every board. Um, and you make yourself a board, it goes good. You take that and you just kind of resize it. But you, the same principles goes into your customer's board. So when they come back and go, it sucks, you go, oh, okay. Maybe I did something wrong. Uh, okay, it's possible, human error. Where does it suck? He can't tell you. How does it suck? He can't tell you. Okay, let's go to the beach. I'll watch you surf. So you get in the car, you drive down to the beach. And he stands up and he's just got his back bent and he's patting the cat with the hand and he's surfing flat and oh so it's just like mate okay fix your body a bottom turn is more like riding a bicycle do it gently do it softer and you just give him the basics and then the guy came back two months later and said hey best board ever 
So interesting. Yeah, when you tell people how to surf, and then they do it, they go, oh, it's easy. Because they, they have no idea of the concept, they're just doing stuff. They don't know how the wave works, they don't know how the board works, they don't know what they're mm. supposed to do. The body's just doing random shit out there, it's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's difficult, yeah. Man, I think if, if you made me a board, and I said, that sucks, and you said, I'm gonna drive to the beach and watch you surf it, I'd, I'd probably say, okay, I'll meet you there and I'll just go to Mexico. I'll never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so embarrassed, man. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool, man. I like that. Okay. Have you heard what Dippy is? Dippy? Yeah. I don't know. So it's something is. that we got in our course and we're going to be launching it in Mindsurfer. So I've been speaking to a psychologist called uh, Kim Bancroft and she's been amazing. So Dippy, the first thing stands for danger, then what's important, then what's pleasurable, and then what's interesting. Mm. So as a surf coach, you viewed me as danger, mm. which is more of a social threat. Yeah. And you want to run away from me. Now, a lot of surf coaches, and me included, are, are, I'm 100% guilty of this. Mm. that sometimes I try too hard out of frustration mm -hmm. and the surfer focuses like, oh, I don't want to upset Clayton and they can't surf because they, they view me as a threat. Yeah. But once you get rid of the danger part, you can focus on what's important. So maybe looking where I want to go and just coordinating my body there. Generally, if you do that, you're going to feel something pleasurable. Okay, and if it feels good, you're gonna be looking around on the wave to like, oh, what if I do it there? How's that gonna feel? What if I do it here? How's that gonna feel? Yeah. And then you're focusing on what's, uh, what's interesting. Mm -hmm. and, and that's pretty much how that whole cycle works. But uh, the, the default for danger always kicks in first. So if you're uncomfortable, you're not gonna be able to surf. You're gonna run away from it. Yeah. You're gonna freeze or hopefully you'll stand up and fight. And that's what we want. We yeah. all want to be that Mick Fanning. That's interesting. Rob and I talked a little bit about this. It's almost like that social fear or the fear of disappointing is, is it can be a potential hang up to you making true um, yeah. learning and but, good so that's, change. That's where I like coaching kids because they don't have that social fear yet and they're having fun and they're falling, but they have fun. Now, as we get older, we don't want to fall, which means we don't learn. So only when you make a mistake can you learn from it. But if you're not making any mistakes, you're just going to plateau out and then eventually get worse. Uh, now, the thing with surfing is, um, let's say, and, and this is something we're going to address in Amanzi again, we, we call it a wave of progression. So you start off as a beginner and you go up the small wave, but then you want to get to the intermediate level. So you start changing your equipment and you start sucking. Uh, and then you, you want to ride a more difficult wave and you start yeah. sucking. So you get to the top of your beginner level, but then you get worse. But then you got to make mistakes and learn, make mistakes and learn, mm -hmm. and then you start rising up. And then you start getting to maybe a slightly better intermediate, but then you want to learn how to barrel ride, and you start getting hammered, and you're having bad wipeouts, and you've got to change your equipment. You've got to go through this negative learning period of falling, making mistakes. Now, so many people get hung up on in that negative learning period yeah. that they just want to they, they go back to but maybe writing bigger boards because 
I wasn't falling, but they mm -hmm. plateau out and they never progress from the top of beginner or the top of intermediate because uh, psychologically they can't deal with the learning process of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we all yeah. Uh, we all suffer from that to some degree. I know we've talked also about having uh, a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Fixed being, I can't make that mistake. I always have to look good which is very common at our local spot and a growth mindset, which is the complete opposite. It's like, Hey man, I'm in the middle. I'm a kid again. I shouldn't care about what's happening around me. I'm going to try something. I got the set wave of the day and I'm going to try to look for a different part of the wave to do this on. And if I fall and I mess it up, yeah, everyone's going to look at me going, well, he's not getting the next set wave, but at least I've learned and having that growth mindset and, and that intrinsic value of going for it, sending it yeah. and learning. So that's why I encourage surfing on onshore, just because uh, just focus on not on a good way, but on a good section. Yeah. Just do something and fall, do it and fall, do it and fall. So onshores are blessings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's cool, Clayton. You know, another thing that, that, that goes back to something we were talking about earlier was finless surfing. And I was actually really surprised to see this, that you're, you're prescribing people to go out on their regular shortboards without fins. And yeah. I, I found that awesome because I always thought a finless board had to be designed a certain way for it to work. But you're essentially saying, hey, listen, you're going to learn to ride this thing without fins. So you learn where the power sources are, how to have the correct angle of the board when you do put it on rail to find that power. So pretty much the flatter the board is in a finless, the, the more control you get, the more rocker your board just wants to spin. But where the finless board helps is in, in paddling in. Uh, you gotta use your body as a rudder. You gotta like arch your back, look where you wanna go and, and you roll. kind of like have yeah. your intention. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, how do you ride a bicycle not using your hands, without your hands in the steering wheel? Mm -hmm. yeah. You gotta sit up straight, you can still lean. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can turn and you can manipulate it. So it's almost like, it's a similar thing. So I'm trying to get you to move your body to influence the board mm -hmm. and stop cool. surfing flat and relying on the fins because mm -hmm. that's not teaching you anything that's making you a lazy surf that's going to plateau out mm -hmm. that's really cool Clayton yeah. another metaphor sorry yeah no yeah, I'm, I like them they're good next, next time Jim and I can actually go out uh, in the world without smoke and uh, ruining our lungs we're going to be riding finless riding body boards uh, taking off on, yeah. on every wave whatsoever. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, oh, it's so much fun. You can surf, honestly, knee-high little closeouts, yeah. finless, and you'll smile so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's Because then you don't mind falling. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. You're just being a kid again. You're learning. There's mm -hmm. no expectation. And when you nail it, there's this magical feeling like where you got it. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, this is it. Here we go. Well, and, and the funny and thing you, about Jim and I is that we're already the weird ones at our local break, so it won't be anything different. <laughs> you can't call someone having fun weird. It's, at our, at our break, we can, but uh, yeah. No, we're having a blast. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So, so what you're doing is you're changing minds and you're changing lives. So imagine if everyone in the lineup did that. Mm -hmm. It'd be fun. Okay, so it's, it's your... There's a, there's a little game that we... Well, when, when you're on the boat trips, it's called reversi. So there's like these little black tiles and white tiles, and you got to change all your opponents to white, and you got to change all yours to black. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And like uh, the person who changes all the tiles wins. So it's my job in the water to try and make everyone smile and have fun. I want to, I want to change that negative um, mindset and just replace it with a fun mindset. Yeah. Well, we're, we're this day and age, and you know this, Clayton, it's like there's probably never been a more accepted time in recreational surfing where all boards uh, are like welcome or accepted. So people seem to be riding all sorts of alternative things like twins, single fins, finless, uh, whatever it might be to the performance board. How much of that is um, okay in your mind for progression and how much of it might distract from the fundamentals of rail to rail surfing? Or is there a purpose for riding a mid length to teach you something about surfing? So I read a quote about Al Merrick um, forcing his team riders to ride longer boards. It teaches you how to turn properly and it teaches you about the correct turning circle that you've got to do that turn in. You can't rush a turn on a bigger board. So um, love those sentiments. Uh, by riding a mid-length, you've got to put it on rail for longer. You can't force your turn. I think a lot of guys are making the mistakes of going too short, too wide, and too flat. And it makes them stand on the board and do these like, like wheelie turns. Mm-hmm. And they feel the board slide out and they think they're killing it because, yeah, the, the tail released a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I almost want to like find some shapers for doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's again, whatever sells, like, like mm-hmm. those, those potato things, mm-hmm. um, you can't put on rail. You can't, there's no ways you can displace that much water. So the board just keeps going flat mm-hmm. and the guy gets length of rod. The bodies are going everywhere, but they're not doing any turns and they think they killed it. And yes, they've ridden for, I don't know, 100 meters, but they've done nothing except look ugly. (laughs) Like, like, why do that? Yeah. No, you're right. That's cool. That's a good thought, I think. Yeah, I think, Clayton, you were the first coach that I spoke to that really prescribed keeping uh, your mindset around progression with a short board, meaning the short board's meant to turn. And instead of a lot of coaches are like, yeah, get on a long board to learn how to turn. But you were the first one that really opened my eyes and said, Hey, listen, that's, that's one approach. But if you really want to turn, get on a board that's supposed to turn and just do it the correct way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those like those short, fat, wide boards, if your rail's really fat, you got to try push that underwater and it's going to want to keep popping up like cork. Yeah. It doesn't want to turn. So, um, now the crazy thing about it is it's really short, which means it's got a great turning circle. If only you could get the damn thing to roll onto the rail. Yeah. You can't. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the tails release and you think you're killing it, mm-hmm. but you've just done a flat slide. Sliding. Yeah. Yeah. It's like riding a bicycle and you skid. That was yeah. a sick turn. Yeah. Um, I made a mark. I made a mark. Exactly. Oh. Look at my spray. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at my spray. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Clayton, it's it's reassuring to know that like before you rode Kelly's board and um, kind of struggled yourself, you had been somewhat successful leading up to that point. So, um, like, oh, I'm so guilty. 
Yeah, Jim, if I, had, if I hadn't had done that, I probably would have been making tons of potatoes myself yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been leading that charge. Let's go, everyone, <laughs> get a potato. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just interesting because the, those boards are becoming more and more popular. And I mean, maybe you could speak more to this, but like I remember whatever it was, 2005 or six. Uh, Kelly Slater, uh, he wrote, I think, a wizard sleeve, and it was, which is like a really short uh, Channel Islands, um, and he wrote it at like 20 foot plus faces, Toto Santos. And then yeah. from there, he competed after, I think it was in maybe the Pipeline Masters, where he like, he won on a 5.9. Yeah. And then from there, every surfboard manufacturer was making these wide point forward, thicker, wider surfboards so it's almost like this cultural um kind of thing that's like you know as an average surfer i'm like oh yeah that's like kelly kelly pushed that so that's what we all ride and and um and then from there it was like uh the k smalls which led to the baked potato lineage the boards just got shorter wider because maybe uh average surfers (laughs) like me were like getting encouraged through marketing or whatever it might be to ride those boards. Okay, so why do you put training wheels on a kid's bicycle who's learning how to ride? Right. Okay, because you want them to learn balance. You kind of want them to be comfortable with being on their bicycle. Right. All right. But when you take the wheels off, that they because those wheels could have been stuck on skew, so they end up riding the bicycle like this. Yeah. So they don't actually learn any balance. Yeah. They just learn bad habits. Yeah. Okay. But if you've seen those bicycles with no pedals where the kids just use the feet, they can twist and they can lean. Yeah. yeah. So those are the smart ones. Um, they can control their speed. So it's learning how to lean and it's learning how to twist. It's learning how to do both those types of turns. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take someone with not a high skill level who's been riding a long board, now, the longer the board is, the easier it is to catch waves because the, the swell gets to you early, it lifts, and the, you know that you're in, you've got more time to stand up, whereas a short board, it gets here late, and it's an abrupt takeoff. So longer boards allow you to catch waves easier. Thicker boards allow you to paddle easier. So if you don't have the paddle muscle because you, you're new to surfing, you want a thicker board. And then the width gives you stability and allows you to stand up. Mm-hmm. So you can experience a rod mm-hmm. but when it comes to turning all of those things work against you the length's not good the width's not good and the thickness is not good mm-hmm. okay so they don't allow you to surf in the critical part of the wave joining any of those dots mm-hmm. now those per those people with uh, poor body control want to feel more so they just get a shorter board because everyone tells them oh go shorter yeah. but they end up going wider which doesn't allow them any turning, and they end up yeah. going thicker because it's shorter. They're trying to keep the volume. Again, it doesn't allow them any control over a board. Interesting. So, um, inevitably, what they've done is they've they've almost sabotaged their surfing career. Mm. Like. Um, You'd never go to a skate ramp and try to drop in on one of those old school long sector nine skateboards. Why? <laughs> the transition's yeah. too tight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So then why don't we just take that section now and make it really wide. <laughs> okay, keep it flat still, but make yeah. it wide and go thicker. So your skateboard deck's no more like, what, nine mils. We just go thicker, but we went wider. Yeah. Okay, guys, now I drop into that skate ramp. Right. How's that? So what's wrong with the amount of control that they've got? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's kind of where my head's at a bit. Makes sense. Like, like I, I do agree, if you're riding horrible, weak, small waves, um, you need to board that planes better, and you don't want rocker. And then if you're going really slow, you need some more width, because the width will give you more stability, so that, that the board just doesn't wobble and sink. So there's a time and a place for those waves, 100, sorry, a time and a place for those boards. Mm -hmm. But it's not every day, every surf. Sure. Um, it's when it's gutless and you're desperate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like if you're going to go surf at the Great Lakes in Canada, yeah, maybe you'll take something like that. Yeah. High volume, really wide, because there's no power, there's no real pocket, it's wind swell. You need those boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Hey man, um, one more question. I don't want to take up your whole day, uh, but what would you say has been has given you the most joy as a surf coach? Just seeing the lights come on, um, whether it's showing someone how to paddle for a wave effortlessly, just like two strokes and they glide in. Like, oh, it's so much easier than slapping water and making bubbles. Or someone doing a bottom turn and leading for the first time and they just cracked the lip because it was effortless. Um, like in your career of surfing, you would have had a light bulb moment where you figured something out. Um, I enjoy handing over th those light bulb moments to people um, and then seeing what they can do with them. It's, yeah, it's rewarding. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it reminds me of the is uh, the feeling that you got getting your first wave. Whenever that light bulb moment happens for my clients, that's what it feels like to me. Is that is what you're describing to me? It feels like that yeah. first moment I surfed, and I get to do it over and over again through everybody else. So um, that's cool, man. I, well, I'll tell you, you've given me a, a bunch of those aha moments, uh, and. Uh, and I think your program's awesome. So, uh, thanks. I'm just gonna uh, promote it lightly. You know, I don't want to force it. I just want you know we've learned to not force things. But uh, it's a Monzi. Is it A M A N Z I Surf dot com? Right. So I'm I'm living in Australia now, but I grew up in South Africa, and a Monzi means water in Zulu. So I thought I'd keep a little bit of um, some sort of heritage while I'm over here. Um, that and the fact that I couldn't get a, like a, a domain name, everything's been sold out and taken. You can't get like surfcoach.com or anything. So I was just like, damn it, everything's gone. So I just <laughs> think, figured, okay, Amanzi would be cool. So yeah, it's amanzisurf.com. Cool, that's awesome, man. And then, uh, Clayton, tell people if, uh, how they get a hold of you if they want to buy a board and how would they go about doing that? So, uh, because I've been concentrating so much on the coaching, I've actually let my, my surfboard website kind of lapse a little bit and it's really old. 
Uh, it's not to say that I don't shape. I, I make a new board for myself almost every two weeks. I'm just trying out new ideas. But I've yet to um, get it photographed and put it on the website and do write-ups and like, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it's just a bit of pain in the ass now. I haven't done it. But um, you could probably hit me up on a Mindsy. I almost don't want to make you board unless I've seen you surf. Yeah. Um, I want to see a photo of you surfing. I want to know what you do ride. I want to know what you hate about that board, what you love about the board. Um, I need to know, is it a full rail, thin rail, fat rail? Um, like, I, I want to go on a journey when I make you a board. I don't just, otherwise you might as well get a stock board from someone else. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll probably, I want you to ride other boards and give you feedback and compare it. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's not just just about the board. It's if you make a board for someone once, you never see them again. It's uh, it's the same yeah. as coaching. I don't want to do one session with you because it's not it's not like a quick fix. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's like a layer of the onion. You peel one off and there's something else. You peel that off and there's something else. So the first board I make you, it's might be um, not what you want, but what you need. And then as your surfing improves because you're moving your body better, then slowly you start getting more to what you want. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really weird answer, but yeah, it's yeah. an answer regardless. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. you're one of the uh, few surfboard shapers I've heard talk like that. Like, I want to see you surf. I want you to give me feedback so I can take this journey with you. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's like that Russian broad buy online catalog thing. <laughs> like you want to leave Scarpa and have a chat before she arrives. Uh, yeah, so it's almost like when I make myself a board, I know how it goes before I surf it. And if it doesn't do that, I'll get rid of it because it wasn't what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. So whenever I make a change to the board, it's because I want to feel like X in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah that's like I'll ride a wave and go oh my board's feeling like this if I make such and such a change it's going to give me that and I might do six boards until I feel that but mm. when I get it right I'm like oh cat this is good then we mm. can maybe make that a model or something so cool very cool yeah yeah Clayton you're the only um, shaper coach combination that I know and I think that that no I you think can't that, say that what? oh Merrick coached his all right that I personally know, I should say. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Yeah, and yeah. Al, Al's not going to pick up my uh, my phone call. Uh, no, but I think that's I think it's a beautiful relationship when you have that, and and you're spot on that it, it shouldn't be a one and done kind of relationship between shaper and surfer, no matter what level you're at. So, hey, a shaper is just a. I was going to say a shaper is just a person. They make wrong calls sometimes. Unfortunately, because you're buying a board, it's an exp expensive lesson. Uh, but it's the same way if you're learning how to surf doing a new move, you may do it wrong. Mm -hmm. But the next time, they might get it really, really right, right for you. So um, as opposed to, say, getting a stocky off the shelf where you're making a call with not a lot of knowledge. Mm. So um, to have a relationship with the shaper but to actually um, to allow both sides to make a couple of mistakes, getting it right. When you do have it right, you've got a formula that will serve you going forward for a long, long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
It's awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, thank guys. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for cool. your time. And uh, no worries, Rob. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, Clayton. Thanks a lot for talking with us, man. It was a pleasure. That was fantastic. Cool. Cool, guys. Same here. All right, I'll close out right now, and uh, we'll see you later. Thank you, Clayton. Perfect. Ciao. See you. See you, guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching and listening in. Uh, I did make a slight mistake in the last, uh, in part one. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, September 12th, 2020, not Saturday, September 13th, 2020, which doesn't exist. Uh, But with that being said, I really do hope that you enjoyed it. If you have any questions please get a hold of us, either myself, Rob, at surfingpedaling.com or Jim at, um, uh, if you go to saltypt.com, you can contact Jim. Uh, And if you're interested in the Amanzi program, please get a hold of Clayton and get on that. I highly advise it. It is a great, great program that will improve your surfing. Until we speak again, we'll see you in the water.